Blog Talk Radio. Chuck Pro Football Talk Show. I am your host, better known as N-I-Q-U-E, better known as Neek for those that can't sound that out. And my main man, Mr. C, better known as Chuck the Scholar, is with us today. What's going on, man? I gotta be honest, Nick. I'm kind of depressed. I'm kind of depressed, man. I, you know, I, you know, I, I probably need to go see a professional right now, Nick, because football season is over. Ain't nothing to watch but some whack ass basketball. Uh, I guess the Winter Olympics would be cool. You know, a couple of the sports are cool, but most of that stuff is boring as well. So I don't know, Nick. It's kind of dark times right now. I don't know. I might be dress, dressing up as a gothic and stuff for a while until football season comes back and brings sunshine back into my life. But for right now, man, we got a couple of boring months. Yeah, this is the roughest part of being a football fan of the year, man. I mean, you know, the Senior Bowl is over with. Uh, We do have the Combine coming up in about a couple weeks. But, you know, can you really get excited for the Combine as a diehard football fan? Yes, you can. (laughs) I mean, I know I'm probably going to be watching, checking out those 40 times. I mean, I'm not going to make too much uh, stake in it, but uh, I definitely will be watching just because there's nothing else on TV. Um, NCAA March Madness hasn't started yet because this is February. Um, NFL draft doesn't start until a couple months from now, and then next month for football, free agency starts on actually on March 14th. So, with that being said, this period, this time of the period sucks, man. This is gonna be a rough time for us, but we'll be all right. But anyway, for tonight's show, we have some NFL news. Man, Jimmy G, Chuck, I don't know if you heard about it. I'm sure you did because that's why we're doing the show because we're going to talk about it. Jimmy G got paid. He is the highest paid quarterback in NFL history. The 49ers agree with him on a five-year, $137.5 million contract with $90 million guaranteed. And this is crazy, man, because he's the highest paid player in NFL history despite having just seven starts in the NFL. His first time um, since being acquired from the Patriots because the Patriots traded with the 49ers for a second-round draft pick. So, actually, his first start, then coming to December 3rd, he set the 49ers franchise record for passing yards in his first five starts with the team, which is 1,542 yards. So, with that being said, Jimmy G was balling. He might be the next Montana 49ers organization. They are banking on that. They're hoping for that. 
I'm excited for Jimmy G. Happy he got this deal because we know the next man up who's going to get paid next is probably going to be, hmm, that's a good question. <laughs> it probably is going to be Kirk Cousins. But Jimmy G, congratulations, man. I mean, it remains to be seen if you definitely deserve this contract. But, hey, Jimmy G, future looks bright for you in San Francisco. Yeah, man, um, you know, uh, I got a couple projects, a couple, uh, you know, my album coming out, Jimmy G, if you want to invest, if you want to invest in some uh, some music, man, you know, but yeah, congratulations, Jimmy G. Uh, you know, we talked about him coming out the com- coming out the draft. We liked him. He had a great situation. Well, depends on your perspective, but uh, in my opinion, he had a great situation in New England. Uh, where he sat behind the greatest quarterback of all time, no matter what just happened this past weekend in the Super Bowl, Tom Brady is still the GOAT because he has way more rings. You are your favorite quarterback. So he's still the GOAT to me. Unfortunate, you know, they lost his pass. Well, not unfortunate, but lost. Anyway, Jimmy G, uh, he sat behind uh, Tom Brady patiently, learned, uh, practiced hard, always prepared like he was going to be the starter. And then he got his, finally got his opportunity. He got traded to the 49ers. He did pretty damn well last year. And he got rewarded for that. Not only that, but the potential. Potential for him to be a franchise quarterback. I'm a little shocked on the five years. I mean, if you're going to throw out that much money, you're all in. I haven't seen the specifics of the contract, so it might be some. <clears throat> yeah, but I haven't seen the specifics of the contract. I've, I've seen a lot, I've seen and heard a lot of contract money being guaranteed. People not getting paid that money that was called guaranteed. So I don't buy that. But I would think that for all that money, you would have a man for longer than some five years. But like they say, it is what it is. Congratulations, Jimmy G. Now, John Lynch and the rest of the 49ers organization, he's built around the young man, uh, get him some more talent, get him some more weapons. You have, you know, they have young talent on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, they have, a, you know, a, a few pieces on offense. Like, when I say few, I'm talking like one or two. I should have said a couple pieces on offense. Uh, but, you know what, they have the most important position taken care of, and that's quarterback in the National Football League. And Jimmy G, I think he has a bright future. All right. Also, last week – the week before the Super Bowl, like leading up to the Super Bowl, actually during Super Bowl week, it's crazy because I was, me and Chuck, we actually a lot of football fans were stunned by this, was the trade of Alex Smith, the Chiefs trading Alex Smith to the Washington Redskins for a third-round pick and also one of the best nickel slot corners in the game, Kendall Fuller. He bought out this year, had a great season, and he's young. It's just crazy seeing Alex Smith going to the Redskins because most Redskins fans, football fans, were thinking, well, what the Redskins going to do with Kirk Cousins? Uh, they probably franchise him this year uh, once again, but that's not the case as Alex Smith is four years older than Kirk Cousins. So in this trade, uh, Alex Smith gets $71 million guaranteed. But like Chuck said, a lot of these quarterbacks on these five-year, seven-year deals – they don't see all of that guaranteed money. But with Alex Smith being 34 years old, actually, I'm sorry about that, 30 years old, 
uh, you probably see about three or four years uh, <laughs> of the guaranteed money out this contract. But the one thing I'm going to say like this, I know a lot of people are hating this deal. I was just reading some of the a lot of Redskins fans saying, neat, man, I don't like this deal, man, because it just, does, it just doesn't make sense. Here's the thing. Alex Smith, he's an efficient quarterback, doesn't turn the ball over. Yes, when you look at his stats into the season, you're like, eh, about 3,500 yards passing, 26 touchdowns, and only about four or five picks. Hey, that's that, that's right there. It's very important because Washington, D.C. is cold, and Alex Smith, during the uh, December month, he does not turn the ball over. Now, I understand they did have, what, a 17- or 18-point lead in that game against the Tennessee Titans in the playoffs. Yes, you could put that on Alex Smith. I mean, you know, they should have won that game, but, hey, you know, uh, um, um, you know, it's a 53-man roster, and you can put it all on Alex Smith and Chiefs players didn't step up, especially that defense. But I like this trade for the Redskins. You know, the Redskins organization was looking like, well, do we want to pay Alex Smith franchising once again? And it's funny because there's rumors out there right now where the Redskins organization is actually thinking about franchising um, um, Kirk Cousins, which doesn't make any damn sense at all. Why would you bring Alex Smith and then turn around franchise Cousins? So with that being said, Chuck, I got to get your opinion on this, man. How you feel about this move? Well, it's a money move because it's a money move because the Redskins, they didn't want to pay Kirk Cousins. I think they realized Kirk Cousins has, he hit his ceiling. They believe, this is my opinion, this is my interpretation of what happened, that they, that Kirk Cousins maxed out his potential in Washington. And but however, he's going to command more money than they're willing to pay him. It was like, you know what? You did great for us. You played very well, but we don't want to pay you this money. We don't want to franchise you uh cuz that quarterback franchise tag is ridiculous. So, we got this opportunity to bring in a little older quarterback who also I think maxed out his potential in Kansas City, uh, who may fit in our little scheme a little better. He's a little bit more athletic. Yes, he's older. We get that. But we're going to get him at a, not a discount, but we're going to get him cheaper than what you were wanting. Uh, so let's bring him in. Let's keep the ball rolling. And let's continue to improve other areas of the team so we can get further in the playoffs. Because Kirk Cousins, he played very well for them. But <clears throat> excuse me, but the Redskins got a lot more other problems and a lot in other positions, and they can't put all their their money into the quarterback position. So bringing in Ali Smith, I think it was you know it was something necessary. All right, we have a caller now. Caller, we're gonna click you on, but we just want to go ahead and uh, reiterate: don't come at us with some nonsense. Don't talk about no. Uh, sexual and noodle, or don't talk about any crazy sexual wild what? stuff. I know. Sexual what? And uh, noodle. Yeah. <laughs> and noodle. I, it's funny because I had a I had a guy who said, uh, "Y'all talk about that sexual endo." I'm like, and and who though? Would you say noodle? And noodle. So I said, "Man, I'm gonna bring that up on my show, man. Just in case a caller calls in, so say, don't be talking about that sexual noodle." <laughs> With that being said, all right, caller, man, we about to click you on live. All right, hello. Who, yeah, are you, who uh, do we have online? Yeah, this is Naj from Atlanta. 
whoever that person was, man, we need to tag him on social media. We we got to do something about the education system in this country at this point. Uh, if, if that's what people out here are saying in these streets, in Nuno, in Nuno, is that what you said? The man said. <laughs> we got some work to do. <laughs> I know. Man. But uh, getting into what y'all talking about, I mean, here's the problem with what y'all talking about. But no matter what the Redskins decided that Kirk Cousins wasn't a franchise quarterback that you should sink that kind of money into. They decided that a few years ago. That's their evaluation. Now, Jay Gruden pounded the table about what he thought of Robert Griffin as not being the answer, and we've never seen Jay Gruden pound the table on pay Kirk Cousins, which should kind of tell you something. But the, the, the overwhelming fact here is the only way you would franchise a guy at this point is because you have multiple suitors who are going to send you picks in order to get Kirk Cousins. On one side of your mouth, you're saying, this dude ain't good enough, we ain't paying him. And then on the other side, you're going out in the street trying to say, hey, man, don't you want this franchise quarterback we got for sale over here? So, I mean, I think most organizations are just going to wait for him, for them not to actually do the franchising and end up cutting him or, you know, whatever, because, hell, what are people getting for a quarterback of cousin stature at this point? A third rounder? And if you're not 100% on Kirk, why would you even give that up? So you're just going to wait it out. So I, I don't see how you create a market for something you don't even value yourself. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, oh, this is Chuck, by the way. Uh, what's your name again, Carl? It's Naj. Ah, what's up, man? Um, so, what would you give us in terms of like a grade? Uh, what would you give this this trade or them bringing in Alex Smith? Is, is it a C, C minus, C plus, A, F? Yeah, well, I'd have to know more about uh, how much it would cost them to get out of it early. I don't think the guaranteed money is too much, so I'm guessing they're saying this is going to be the bridge to our next quarterback uh, because mm-hmm. Alex is what Alex is. Like, there's no you know crazy expectations for Alex. Put talent around them, you can win with them. Probably not win big. So I mean, he's right. a decent quarterback, but I think you'd be better off just going with a journeyman guy and drafting young guys and seeing what you could do rather than spending the money there. That, so I would say a C because I wouldn't have done it. I would have just went ahead and moved on. But I think they, I don't know. I, I think they got expectations about how good that roster is uh, that I would disagree with. But do you think Gruden could survive bringing in a journeyman? Like, do you think Gruden has uh, from Snyder is going to give Gruden another two, three years to bring in a journeyman, or to get that bridge to uh, you know to work up a younger quarterback? Or do you think Snyder only the clock's ticking, Gruden? You got you got one, two years to go, so maybe that's why Gruden pulled it on a more experienced quarterback like Alex Smith. Do you think? Do you yeah, think Gruden has that time? Relatively the same position, though. Alex is not going to take you over the top. He's a risk-averse quarterback. Doesn't have a big arm. We know he gets kind of scared to to make tight throws, uh, you know, sometimes, and gets real conservative. So, I mean, it's not like Alex is going to come out there and set the world on fire. But if you went right. with a younger guy and drafted one of these QBs, I, I would have rather traded some of those picks and moved up and, and went after one of these QBs if you think one of them is the real deal than do this thing with Alex where you're tying up cap room. But I, I guess you just draft a quarterback late, a project guy, and try to build mm-hmm. put them together. But I, I just think quarterbacks are what they are sometimes. Some of these coaches talk themselves into thinking 
Uh, once they get with me, I'll be able to do uh, Okay. Right. right. Now, do you see any quarterbacks in this draft who uh, who you think uh, – any quarterback stick out to you that was like, yeah, that I can bring in that quarterback and uh, really build a franchise around him? Because me, personally, I don't know how Nick feel, but I ain't too impressed with these quarterbacks. I know they're getting a lot of press and all this other stuff, but maybe one or two guys, like I, like I say, like, yeah, they can lead a franchise, but overall – even though the media is saying one thing, I'm not impressed by the quarterbacks in this year's draft. Well, I, I don't know enough about quarterbacking to really evaluate the the top-tier guys, but mm-hmm. I would say go after Lamar Jackson. I feel like the NFL is finally in a transition stage to where we're not being kind of stuck in the old way of thinking with play calling. Guys are understanding, yeah. as we saw in the Super Bowl, hey, if this guy can only do X, Y, and Z, guess what? We're going to design a whole playbook around X, Y, and Z. So I, mm-hmm. I, I would I would say bring in Jackson, and you might have kind of a Deshaun Watson type of moment to where you accentuate his truth and let the dude ball out. But those other guys, man, your guess is good as mine, dude. I'm, I'm coin flipping on that stuff. I, I don't know enough to do it. All right. All right. How do you feel about that, Nate? All right, so now what was your question, man? Nah, he said bring in Lamar Jackson. Oh, you talking about Lamar Jackson? Man, I ain't sold on Lamar, man. <laughs> he ain't no but a playground quarterback, man. I mean, but but hey, go, go ahead. Saying the go same ahead. Thing. Nas brought this up. He brought up Deshaun Watson. People were saying the same things about Deshaun Watson at this point in time last year. And look what he. Yeah, did. but here's the difference. Deshaun, when you look at his college stats. He was in the ACC, but I'm just looking at the schedule. Overall schedule is tougher, tougher competition. But Deshaun can stand in that pocket. He at least grows through his progressions, first, second, and third. Uh, when I look at Jackson, he either looks at his first progression or his second one, and he just takes off. I mean, it's just like super fast. He's like, roll, run, beep, beep, got to go. But, I mean, overall, I just this is just my opinion. I just feel that Lamar – and and that's funny because people have asked me like which team do I see as a fit for Lamar Jackson? And right don't now, I, and I'm not saying the Browns. I just don't see a fit for him. I mean because until he can show me that he can throw the ball, you know, um, um, you know his, his accuracy is not the great. I mean he he improved this year. Don't get me wrong, and he's a highlight reel, you know, but. The, the thing of it is, he's gonna have to put on some weight. He's gonna have to be in that weight room, and he's gonna have to really learn the playbook. And he's going to have to really want to be an NFL um, passer, I mean, an NFL quarterback. And he's going to have to understand that he's going to have to learn how to be an NFL quarterback on all levels. I mean, I understand if that first read is not there, you got to stand in that pocket, buddy. You just can't take off and run. So with that being said, I know some of the uh, some of the scouts are saying, well, he might go at the end of the first round. I mean, maybe the Patriots might take a chance on him. Do you see the Patriots taking him, Chuck? That's the negative. <laughs> like, I, I think has gone way before then. That's what they said about Deshaun and move oh, up to get him. We've seen Mahomes, same thing. But I, I think that's kind of what I was getting at. Like, we've got some of these mm-hmm. mentalities in, uh, from scouting departments and NFL staff because it, it's so incestuous and you don't see much new blood in there that you see this old way of thinking. This is the only way to play quarterback. And I, I think what's happened over the years is you found out that's not a really good way to build a team or to find the quarterback you 
want. The more realistic way is draft the guy and build around that guy's strengths as far as your playbook and everything else. And at that point, you can maximize what you have. And I think with Lamar, if you get the right team in it, like, look, last year O'Brien came in and he made Savage the starter, running his traditional mm-hmm. Savage got the hell beat out of him. He completely revamped the system, made it to uh, Deshaun's strength, a lot of misdirection, a lot of, you know, play action stuff, and Deshaun starts tearing up the league. Why? Because you're playing to his strength. Nick Foles is not a good quarterback. Somebody's going to overpay for Nick Foles. But Peterson understood, hey, this is what Nick can do. Uh, deep deep read down the down the sideline and also crossing routes over the middle will get it out of his hands quickly and keep it going. And I think that's the new way of coaching that kind of has to take over the NFL. Because uh, that old school, let me wait until I get it, Aaron Rodgers. Well, guess what, man? Aaron Rodgers ain't in every draft. So, I mean, yeah. I, I just think we, we need more blood and uh, new, new blood in coaching and people who are going to be innovative. Uh, you think about no, I agree. great no. Mike Vick, and he's a no, victim of, of his own time. You know what I mean? Mike Vick could have yeah. been no, really special if he came into the league now with more innovative minds. Yeah, I agree with you, but, you know, it only takes one organization to like a player. So if that Patriots say, you know what, Bill Belichick says, let's go ahead and get Lamar. You know, we got the pieces. We know we can win with them. Go ahead and take them, you know. So it, it, it's got to be the right fit, the right system. And like I said, at the end of the first round, I think that would be great for Lamar Jackson. I, in the top ten, yeah, but my man, I don't what, think what, what What situation does that not apply for any quarterback? Right situation, right system, right cut. Like that's every quarterback from pocket guy yeah, to I mean, guy. It's just yeah, two, 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 built into anybody who can run, and we kind of trot them out every year, and we never talk about all of these pocket passers who become NFL journeymen and we never hear from again, but we talk them up before the draft. Like, we never revisit that. Yeah, that's definitely true. But what I'm saying, the only issue I have with Lamar is I like the kid, I like his talent, but what I'm saying is he kind of reminds me of like an RG3, you know, RG3, when you look at his stature, I mean, RG3 just ain't put in the work like that. You know, he, he loved more what the NFL uh, provided for him off the field. I mean, he wasn't focused on the field like that. His rookie year, phenomenal year. But after that, I mean, come on, RG3, he struggled big time. But Lamar, like I said, yeah, but he had a lot are, of talent. Are we going to judge every pocket QB by Tim Couch? Like, these are two different people. Like, they have nothing to yeah. do with one another. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. and I, like, I know I'm, I'm pushing back on you hard on this, but I'm pushing back because I think if the NFL doesn't change this, we're going to continue to see the same franchises win and the same franchises be bad because they're asking people to do things they're not good at. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. I, I agree with you on that. Does best. And yeah, if we start yeah, talking yeah. about that pocket, that pocket versus scramble, we could get into some whole other complicated stuff when we uh, come with the concept of uh, why is it okay for me to pile drive you once you get outside the pocket, but inside the pocket there are these specific rules of where I can hit you. Seems like an interesting way to keep certain people in the league. Right, 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 right. I agree with you on that. <laughs> it's arbitrary as hell. So yeah. uh, once you step outside that line, buddy, they can knock your head off. But once you right. stay right back there, hey, 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 there's rules on how you can touch him. Like, right. what? Yeah. <laughs> and, and, random? Right. 
And you know what though? I mean, I, I mean, we can discuss this all day long. And I appreciate you calling sure. in, man, because that 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 was some good that was some good info, man. I, I hope the rest of the league, because we do have a lot of players listening to the show, man. And and seriously, man, you brought some good valid points, man. We just want to appreciate you for calling in, and definitely, you know, continue listening to the show, continue in the future, man. Give us another call another time, okay, buddy? We'll do, man. Y'all be easy. All right, man. Take it easy, buddy. All right, thanks, man. Man, my main man Nas, man, out of ATL, bringing us some good valid points, dropping that knowledge, man. But he 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 does, man. He 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 keeps it real though, man. I mean, you know, like I said, when when you listen, what you know, you and him was talking about, he and I was talking about, man, that that debate can go on and on and on about pocket capacity quarterbacks um, with the scrambling quarterbacks, but it's just basically based on you know um, everybody's opinion and the fit. Um, the right system and all that. But like I said, man, this is one of the debates. It can go on and on and on. All right, before we end the show, Chuck, we talked about this, man, because when we saw the Hall of Fame announcement for 2018, oh. <laughs> he already said, oh, we knew our boy Randy went in. So next thing you know, we're sitting there saying, because, you know, we was at the game, we were sitting there saying to ourselves, T.O.'s got to go in next. Next thing you know, T.O. went in. My boy Brian Dawkins went in. Ray Lewis went in. You know, a couple old school guys, Bobby Bethard, uh, linebacker, Robert, Dr. Doom, uh, Brazil, he went in, and uh, I'm trying to say who else was on this list. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, this one right here, your boy Brian Erlacher, first ballot Hall of Famer. And, Chuck, uh, we kind of looked at each other and was like, Brian Erlacher, huh, first ballot. And then when I look at his stats, and I'm saying they're saying, okay, 12 years, defensive player of the year, 2005, eight-time pro bowler, a member of the 2000s NFL decade team. But then I'm just like, Brian Erlacher, it don't, It don't fit right, dude. It don't seem right. <sighs> and, and I know a lot of NFL fans out there listening, like, what the hell is wrong with y'all? Man, that's a no-giver. That's a no-brainer, Brian Erlacher. But let me put it like this, man. There's a lot of great middle linebackers, don't get me wrong, from, um, you know, athletic built, um, um, you know, uh, stature. I mean, this guy is ridiculous. I mean, we talking about what was he running? Four, four, low four fours, whatever he did. Fast safety. Yeah. Well, <laughs> all right, fast safety. Which was, what, that's what he was in college. Yeah, yeah, that is true in college. Then he played a little running back. He did everything in college, right? Yeah, running back, kick returns, superb he did it all. Athlete. Yeah, he's a superb athlete. So, I mean, the middle linebacker position is a tough position because you got Ray Lewis going on. You can't, going into this Hall of Fame, you can't match up Brian Erlacher with Ray Lewis. I heard some people say, yes, you can. I mean, they're both similar. Ray Lewis did it all from coverage. He did it all from getting to the quarterback, uh, causing uh, turnovers, uh, fumble recoveries. I mean, just everything. Erlacher... I mean, yeah, I mean, if I got to go back and look at the stats, it's nowhere near comparable to Ray Lewis, what he did. I'm talking about far as turnovers and but stuff. Ain't everything. I know, but they ain't everything. But then, once again, when I look at these middle linebackers, man, what's up, my boy Zach Thomas? Tackling machine. My boy Jesse Tuggle. Tackling machine. Why in the hell ain't they in there yet? You know, but why does Brian Erlacher have to go in on the first bout? And I know the whole city of Chicago, they probably like, man, I ain't listening to no Neek and Chuck show never again because they don't know what the hell they're talking about. Now, let's keep it real. There's a lot of Chicagoans out there saying, Erlacher should get in maybe one day. <laughs> but when that first ballot came out, oh, 
damn, Erlock got in on the first ballot. Hmm. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> That's how the conversation should be going on. And all the barbershop and bars like, damn, Erlock got in on the first ballot. So, yeah, man, I just not on the first ballot, man. Chuck, go ahead, man. Br- break it down. Yeah, like, I, you know, I'm not going to get into one of those Terrell Davis rants again uh, because, you know, they th- my thoughts on that have simmered a little bit, especially that Corey Dillon finally got nominated, even though he was one of the first or second round whenever he got eliminated. But at least he's on. They're starting to talk about him, which was my original grievance and why I used Terrell Davis as an example. Best all-time running back in the playoffs. Terrell Davis, he's a Hall of Famer, and he deserves to be there. Now, my thing with Brian Erlacher, you know, I'm not going to use him as a rant for other players, which, we, you know, we could do. Like you brought up Jesse Tuggle, Zach Thomas, all these other guys that put up great stats uh, and numbers. But like I said, Brian Erlacher just doesn't feel right right now to me. Like, like first ballot or not, like, it just like Brian Erlacher, like, he was – you know, he was great. He got a lot of the uh, publicity, all that stuff. Um, but how far did they go to the, go to the playoffs? You know, he doesn't have a Super Bowl ring, and that's okay. Like, you know, you don't need a Super Bowl ring to be a Super Bowl champion. I mean, to not be a Super Bowl champion, my bad, to be in a Hall of Fame. But it just doesn't feel right, Nick. He was a great player, put up some great stats, made some big plays. Uh, his playoffs, you know, uh, what did he do in the playoffs? I mean, that's what got Terrell Davis in the Hall of Fame, so playoffs should count for something. And you put up against Ray Lewis, who balled in the playoffs, two Super Bowls. Them at the same time, eh, it just doesn't feel right. But congratulations anyway. Yeah, congratulations, Erlacher, man. But if we was on the Hall of Fame committee, they say, Nick Chuck, so what y'all think? Brian Erlacher, hell no, not this year. So with that being said, thanks for listening. Nah, thanks for calling in. We will see you guys next week. And have a good weekend.